The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! Yeah, yeah. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip them. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03, Irish Network's hotline. Hope you are having a great Tuesday morning. It is the 9th of November, and um, before you know it, we'll be taking a break for Thanksgiving. Only three more games for the Tennessee Volunteers. Only three more games for the Tennessee Volunteers. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. It ain't that cold in here, Ben. Huh? It ain't that cold in here. It's not. I mean, you all bundled up like you went to the game last night. I did. I was there spiritually. No, physically there. It's, it's not cold up in here like that. Ben got his Steelers... Beanie on, he got a Steelers sweatshirt, and he has his terrible towel. I'm just supporting the troops. For his runny nose. Well, I, I brought it in to, to wipe uh, the tears off of, of Bear fans. Oh. Uh, because their players do stupid things that cost them the football game. Oh, no tears here, man. I knew what was going to happen. 
And uh, actually, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually, uh, I'm, no, I'm not happy that we lost, but hey, man. I like, I like what I'm seeing from Justin Fields, and I like where he's at right now. Just get him some coaching. And with a new coach and new GM <laughs> next year, hey, man, things are going to be going in the right direction. So I'm glad Matt Nagy could come back from COVID in time to coach the Steelers game. Golly. I mean, so many just stupid coaching decisions. The college well, coaches manage the clock better than he does. Undisciplined. Using a timeout. To ice the kicker when you're about to get the ball back and need timeouts with a rookie quarterback? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? They didn't even say anything about it on the broadcast. I know. I'm sitting there like, yo, y'all ain't going to say anything? It's two of y'all. Like, it's two color analysts. Y'all not going to say anything about that? That tells me that Matt Nagy had zero confidence in fields marching down the field, and all of his chips were in on Pittsburgh missing the field goal. That's what that told me. Yeah, he got he got to go. Yeah, like he, he's now he's, he's. They looked better last week without him. Like yeah. it, it took him being away from the team for the Bears to realize that that they needed to run Justin Fields. Yeah, how, how did it take the head coach being away from the team for you to realize that Justin Fields is a freak and you need to run him more, more more QB designed runs? Same organization that thought Andy Dalton would be, would would be better suited. To win more games. No, same management. Because the organization is legendary. But the management, which will be replaced. Well, unfortunately, the management represents the organization. Well, that the organization will not be, will not be uh, replaced. But the management will be replaced next year. And that is the GM. And that is the head coach. Um, our 98-year-old owner, she ain't going anywhere, God willing. So, yeah, I'm good though. I knew I knew that no, was going to happen. I, I knew that was going to happen. I, I, I get you, your get your jokes off. I don't have any jokes. You deserve I, it. I, I knew I knew you would you would play it off like like it didn't bother you because you're never you're, you're never bothered by a, a Bears loss and you're always thrilled after they win. So no, I'm bo- I, I, I am I bothered by a loss. I ain't bothered by this loss though because I'm done with the coach. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'd, I'd be. I rate. I, I'm just tired of of my teams having the stupidest things happen to them. Like I'm, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I have the Grizzlies game on my iPad because they were playing the Timberwolves, and Carl Anthony Towns with the the T Wolves down three and like two seconds left, just throws up a hail mary three that banks in to go to overtime, and then like two seconds later, I look up and on the Steelers game. Ray Ray McLeod is sit, sitting there fumbling a punt return that the Bears pick up and return for a touchdown. Like only my team. You technically can't return a uh, punt return for a touchdown. A muff, but I see what you're saying. But it was he re, he returned it. It was a return return. He had he had t- gone like five ten yards down the field, and, and then that's when he he fumbled, and so the Bears could pick it up and return it because it was on a return return but like only that type of stupid stuff happens to my teams like the Grizzlies won yeah they did but like still it's just like the annoyance of like why why my why do these stupid things have to happen to my team they won the game man both teams did correct but it's still like in, in the moment 
like anxiety and frustration is through the roof. Like, uh, like only my team needs to, to kick a 40-yard field goal because the, the kicker missed an extra point as he's coming back from concussion protocol. You, you need he's, already, he's already made two 50-yard field goals in the game but can't make an extra point, and it, it almost was the difference in the game along with a stupid fumble on a punt return that was scooped up in return for a touchdown. Like only, only my team. Man, you won the game, number I'm very one. happy. Number two, if you have an anxiety issues, you need some medication. No, two. It's being number three, your, your, your Steelers, they're not good. They're average football teams. So what did you expect? Are they not good or are they average? They're not good, and they're average. Hmm. Not good. Description. They're average, man. Don't get, don't get mad because you're a big-time Steelers fan. I'm not mad. They, they're average. My team is below average. Your team is average. And this is what happens when an average team plays a below average team. We get what we saw on Monday Night Football. No, which last, was last night. Nothing, which was a bunch of slop until, the, until like the fourth quarter. Last night and every week of the Steelers season has been a result of a average at best offense and a really good defense. Steelers defense will get them a chance to win every single game if, if it can stay healthy. And the offense is absolutely miserable to watch. It's, it's a bad combination of Big Ben being washed, the offensive line being young, ideally. And when you have a washed old quarterback, you would like to have an offensive line that could protect your quarterback and be able to move the line of scrimmage and be able to run the football and take some pressure off of the aging quarterback, but not with the Steelers. I like the, the young Steelers offensive linemen, but they're young. They're a bunch of rookies up there, and uh, they haven't exactly pieced it together. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd feeling watching Steelers games. You're, you're, you're frustrated when, when the offense is on the field, and, and, and you love it when the defense is on the field. So I, I love how you always spin it towards me getting all emotional just because I disagree that the Steelers are a bad football team. But they're not a bad football team. I didn't say they were bad. You said they're not good. I, not good. That's not saying that your team is bad. No. Not good. And they are average. You have to listen. I just don't, not when you say not good. good, that means bad. I mean, how else do you want me to interpret that? It's not that hard, Ben. If, if I thought they were bad, I would say they were a bad football team. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying they're not good, which not good Means they are average. They're an average football team. That are that their record says they're average. My football team is below average. We are not good as well. So both teams are not good, but your team is average. My team is below average. That's that's why we saw the game that we saw yesterday, with both both offenses struggling at times, defense struggling at times, dumb mistakes, dumb penalties. This is why both teams are not at the top of the division and basically at the bottom because neither team, they're not good. Your team is average. My team is below average. That's, that's, I think that's pretty easy to understand. Pretty easy. Where's Daytona? I'm sure he's one of these two calls. I know Daytona wants to call in. Bring it on, Daytona. Where's Daytona? Let's get Daytona in here. I know he wants to wake up early. I know he set his alarm to call in and trash talk. Where's Daytona? Is that Daytona? Daytona, good yes, morning. Daytona. Good morning. 
Good morning, Daytona. How are you guys? I'm wonderful. How are you? Uh, I'm fair to Midland. Huh? Kind of average. Are you average? Yeah, just a little average. Um, so I was just wondering, um, I'm having a hard time finding staff. So can you guys just like bring up, bring the listeners up to par on, uh, who, who is the leaders and numbers uh, on, on Tennessee's football team? Like, who's leading us in rushing and, and what tendons numbers and who's leading us in staff? Type and, in Tennessee and, football stats ESPN, and it'll be the first link that pops up. Huh? Type in Tennessee football stats ESPN and Google, and it'll be the first stats that pop up. Being told you to do your own work. <laughs> hey, bro, look. You the statistician, man. You can get this up way quicker than me. <laughs> ben. Ben. Do your own work. Ben, listen to me. Ben, can you hear me? Yes. Don't be average. Oh, man. Okay. Be good. I'll try. Okay? I'll try today. All right. Hey, I've got nothing else really to say today. Um, just, I'd like to, uh, if you could update us on that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you right here, man. Because you know what I'm doing, Daytona? I'm going to ESPN and going to Tennessee Volunteers, and I'm doing exactly what Ben told you to do. So here, here it is. Leading rusher is still Tyon Evans at 525 yards, and the hooker at 457. <laughs> Receiving Valus Jones at 36 receptions for 553, five touchdowns. He's averaging a first down and a half every time he touches the football at 15.4. Cedric Tillman is averaging 14.6 yards per catch right there at a first down and a half. He has 525 yards from 36 catches and also five touchdowns. Javante Payton has six touchdowns, 365 yards, 14 catches, and Hendon Hooker right at 1,900 yards at 1,894, 69% completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions, 190 rating. There you go, Daytona. And if Hendon Hooker would have played a little bit longer, We can put his numbers right up against the Heisman Trophy candidates that play quarterback. But we always got next year, Ben. We always got next year. You know why we got next year, Ben? See, I caught Hendy Hooker. I caught him. I caught him. On the Big Orange Countdown, Vince Farrard interviewed with Hendon Hooker. Vince asked him about NIL and coming out with some merch. Some Hendon Hooker merch. And he said he was coming. Well, why would you want to come out with merch if you just leave it? So I can't wait to see that orange and white Hendon Hooker 2021-2022 merch. Can't wait to buy some. I think it'll match your shoes, man. Your Jordans. I don't even know what shoes I have on today. Your Jordans. Whatever I felt like. You, you don't have any excuse that you got dressed in the dark because it's sunlight earlier now. <laughs> Daytona, <laughs> you got to Google Tennessee ESPN football, and the stats is right there. We can't hold your hand through this, Daytona. My team stinks. One thing I will say, 
with Nas versus versus the Lions. But my team stinks. But I'm encouraged. I am encouraged by the play of Justin Fields. I am encouraged by Mooney. I am encouraged by some of our young players because I know we're going to have a new coach next year. I know it. And at the end of the day, good time for y'all to go get Eric B. Enemy. I like Mike Tomlin. I'm not going to let Daytona, you, I'm not going to let y'all make me dislike the Steelers because I like Mike Tomlin. I wish Mike Tomlin was my coach. Oh, please. I haven't said anything to you. The only thing that I've pushed you back on is your description of the word bad. I love Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin. I wish Mike Tomlin can coach my football team. I'm just glad he could finally beat the Bears. He was 0-3 against the Bears. Hey, man. He, uh, the fastest, like, one of the fastest coaches to get to. Um, I, I got to I gotta go look at it. I saw it on ESPN this morning. Um, but he reached a certain number of wins faster than um, a lot of coaches that have coached NFL uh, football. So he's hit a record. We'll have to research that. I'd look it up and put it on Attaboy today. But I wish Mike Tomlin was my coach. I'll just say that. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Steve in Georgia and then Will in North Alabama. Steve, Steve, good morning. Tough week hey, for you, morning. Steve. Good morning, Jason, and uh, Georgia hate week. Yes. Um, and, and I'm able to exude a lot of it down here, dead center in the middle of the state. Um, anybody that barks at me, anybody wearing that red and black, uh, they automatically uh, they automatically get some uh, some hate thrown at them. Um, but uh, here, here's my question. I've watched these Georgia Bulldogs, of course, uh, you know, being down here, you get kind of, uh, they try to indoctrinate you into it. But anyway, um, that, that off, that defensive line, I, I don't see how we run against that defensive line up the middle. Um, how do you think that Hypo will prepare for a defensive line like that? Not saying that their defensive backs and linebackers aren't good, because we all know they got five stars waiting on the five stars who are waiting on the five stars. So uh, I'm just trying to figure out, do, do we do we just, like, short game it, you know, tight end over the middle, uh, bubble screen? Um, you know, is that how you loosen up a team like that and then hit them with a the big uh, shot downfield? Didn't know if you'd ever experienced any of that in your playing days and, and kind of how your coach has planned for that and, and was it successful. And I, I'll listen offline, man, and, and you guys are great. Thank you so much for entertaining me every morning. Hey, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I can't say I've experienced, you know, this type of, uh, of matchup where our offensive line is going into the game, um, you know, severely undermanned. But I have seen, I have seen Tennessee in the last decade go into games where we have been severely outmanned. And I have noticed our game plan. And it's a game plan that is universal when you're going up against a team that has a dominant front like Georgia. And so, and Georgia knows this is coming. They know, they know it's coming. But be prepared, man. Be prepared to see Josh Heupel use every blade of grass from sideline to sideline. So you may see a screen to the right and then come back with a screen to the left and then come back with something wide to the right. We want to get those linemen moving from side to side. We want those guys breathing hard. So you mix that in with the tempo. We'll see how, how big boy in the middle, see how 
condition he is in November. We'll see. We'll see how those big boys are. They're really good. They're real talented. They'll be playing at the next level. Hopefully, they'll be playing for the Bears. To be honest, because <laughs> we need we need some more we need some more big boy help. Yes, but on the other side of the ball. Yeah, we need all the big boy help. We need all of it. Offensive line, defensive line, bring bring it on. Um, but when you look at Georgia's front, they're they're legendary. Jordan Davis could have went to the NFL, but he decided to stay. He'll be a first round pick. But you got to get those guys moving sideline to sideline and with the tempo. That's how you beat these guys. Tennessee presents a challenge to Georgia that they have never, never faced. They haven't faced this year. And that is the tempo. That's our, that's our shot. That's our shot. Now, you have to win on first down. You got to get a first down. You have to get the first first down at the beginning of every possession. That is your chance. Three, three and outs, you have those. We might as well pack it in and go get ready for a homecoming. Go start pregaming. Go get the beer pong table set up. Three and outs will kill you. But let's go back to the phones. Yeah, Will in North Alabama. Will, that sounds like Huntsville. That sounds like Huntsville. Will, are you in Huntsville? Close enough, man. I'm in a, I'm in a little town of Bridgeport, Alabama, so I'm about 30 miles north of Huntsville, about 45 miles. Hey, man, we know Bridgeport. We drive through Bridgeport on our way. To the to the to the to God's country. Hey, hey! If you blink, you'll miss it. Cause you're right about that, that. for sure. <laughs> you're um, right about that. So, so hey, I, I got two uh, two questions, I guess. Number one, um, so the quarterback play we're getting right now, man, it's, it's exceptional. I mean, we're we've, we've got a great quarterback in Hendon Hooker. Um, I just wonder, and I can look it up myself, I guess. But did Dobbs ever throw for this many touchdowns of the season? You know, obviously we haven't since him. Um, Garantano, you know, none of the quarterbacks we've had recently through for this many touchdowns and been this efficient. Um, so if you touch on that, and also if, which is a big if, Tennessee could pull the win out against Georgia and win out, what kind of bowl game do you see us going to? I'll hang up with you guys. I appreciate what you're doing. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I, I, I this is the most popular question one of the most popular questions right now with with Tennessee which bowl game are the Vols going to go to and I I I think anybody is crazy for having one particular answer because I think this Tennessee team is very attractive for a bowl game because these bowl games know that Tennessee fans are going to travel to support this particular football team and and even just the football team itself is is going to create a, a great matchup on the field and draw eyes to that bowl game. So I I think any of the bowl games that have SEC ties to it outside of the Sugar Bowl are in play. I I, I think the Music City Bowl is is possible. I, I think um the Liberty Bowl is possible. I think the Florida Bowls are are possible, whether it be the, the, the Citrus Bowl. I, I don't think Tennessee would get the Citrus or the Outback. I think that they would need to beat Georgia in, in order to, to get to that level of bowl game in the state of Florida. But I, I certainly think it, it's not completely out of the conversation. I, I think Tax Slayer or whatever they're calling that bowl this year, seems like they change the name every other 
year. But uh, I think that's certainly a possibility. Maybe the Belk Bowl over in North Carolina is a possibility. Does does the SEC send Tennessee to, to the state of Texas for the Texas Bowl, which is in San Antonio where they play the Army All-American game? I don't think the SEC has a bid in that one. They do? Mm-hmm. That, did that change? That's a, that's a newer one. I'm Unless good. it changed I'm good this offseason. Yeah, I'm good Because they've been, they've been putting LSU in that bowl game like the last couple of years. Okay. Texas okay. or uh, Arkansas was in it as well. Uh, I, I don't know that they would they would send them all the way out there. This is what I think. This is what I think is going to happen, Ben. Tennessee's going to be a very popular team when it comes time for the bowl selection. That's all I know. Seven wins. I don't think Liberty Bowl or, or, or any bowl in, in the state of Tennessee is going to be in play. Mew City. Because Tennessee Liberty. outplayed it. Yeah. If, if we're at six wins – Yes, those those two. But remember, you know Tennessee, even even going six wins in four was that fourteen, got a bowl in Florida. So I'm looking at a bowl in Florida or possibly like the Belt Bowl, something like that. I don't think I don't think we bowl in the state of Tennessee or in Birmingham. I definitely don't see Birmingham. Please. Please don't let us go to the Birmingham Bowl. No, they they've surpassed the the Birmingham Bowl. The Birmingham Bowl will get South Carolina if if South Carolina can win more, one more game and and get the six. I just I don't know. I, I think seven eight wins puts you in that Liberty Music City Bowl territory. And with Tennessee's supposed to be going to the Liberty Bowl last year, and the Liberty Bowl has won in Tennessee for several years now. Yeah, but, I, but I Tennessee doesn't see, go. Tennessee. It's like, nah, we, it's not, we good. Yeah, I know, but it's just not SEC has say in it as well. And I can see the SEC saying exactly that. Hey, you were supposed to go here last year and, and couldn't. Let's let's send you over there. And, and again, they're going to be in that seven, eight win mark anyways. And, and that's Liberty Bowl. And, that's six, and, and, that's and, a six win teams. That's the six win teams. Liberty Bowl is for like the – Bottom tier of the SEC, like uh, Birmingham Bowl, Liberty are the bottom two, and then you have Music City, and then you have um, you got the Belk, and then you have uh, Tax Slayer, um, and then the rest of the bowls. You did mention the bowl in Texas, but like there were so many times that Tennessee was bowl eligible, and the Liberty Bowl wanted Tennessee. And Tennessee kind of used the Liberty Bowl as, as like, last resort, like a fallback. Because you want to be in Florida. You want our fans to be in Florida. You want our players to be in, in Florida. You want to reward them. No offense to Memphis and, and the Liberty Bowl because I love Memphis. Uh, it's, 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 it's great. It's a great city. But we're talking, like, the beach. And we're talking – more money payout-wise. There's been so many times where the Liberty has wanted Tennessee and Liberty has been the fallback. Now, last year, Tennessee was was terrible, terrible. And Tennessee finally was like, all right, we'll come to the Liberty Bowl. And Liberty Bowl was like, yes, we got them finally. And then, you know, COVID, air quotes, was the reason why we decided not to play. But Tennessee sitting at 5-4, and four, um, two more wins. I, I, I just, I just do not see Liberty being in Tennessee's future. Now, Music City, you know, that's happened before. That happened, um, Derek Dooley, um, one year. It happened with Butch one year. Um, I just know the, the Liberty 
is a bowl that is last resort for, for Tennessee based on um, the recent history of the last 10 years? The last five SEC teams to go to the Liberty Bowl won eight games. The one before those five won seven. I think Liberty Bowl is a, a I'm very... talking about Tennessee, though. Tennessee is different. Tennessee's relationship. Like, Tennessee gets to go to certain bowls, not just because of the record, mm-hmm. but because of the fans being mm-hmm. able to travel. This is why, Absolutely. even when in six games and 14, we went to Florida and went to the Tax Slayer Bowl. You can make the argument that you should have went to the Liberty Bowl. You should have went to the Booty Bowl mm-hmm. or the Birmingham Bowl. But there's three factors that you have to consider here. It's the record. It is the... Is the fan base because bowl games want to make money. It's, yeah, they want a good game, but they're in business to make money. And they make money when fan bases come and, and, and um, do business with their partners, partners that, that are sponsoring the game. Uh, they want to bring money to that town. And Tennessee is going to bring money to, that, to your town because we travel like crazy. This is why we went to a tax layer bowl with just six wins. So um, there's there's been so many times when, like, you know, the regular season ends and there's like three or four options for Tennessee and you hear like the stuff behind the scenes, like why was this bowl selected? Because it's really different from every school. We, we saw where like Tennessee complained about – no, we did it to Kentucky. I think we did it to Kentucky where like we complained about being in this one bowl and we thought we were going to play Louisville and then it switched last second and we played in a different bowl because Tennessee has that power. We have We have – the ability to go, no, no, we, 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 going to, we want to go to this bowl because our fans, in this case, this year, our fans, our record, and then also, Ben, it's going to be our offense and our style of play that's going to be very, very attractive to a bowl game. So, um, my opinion, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, I just don't think Liberty is going to be in play. I think if Tennessee wins seven games, it's going to be a, a, a bowl that's going to pay out a lot more money. You want better better bowl gifts. You want more money for your players, more money for your school. And there's just a lot of schools that provide that more than a Liberty Bowl. It also all depends on how the the the, the other teams in the SEC finish uh, as well because there will be a, a pecking order. Uh, according to Wikipedia, and this is as of last season, so it, it could have possibly uh, switched up, but uh, – the, the SEC's bowl tie-ins um, outside of the college football playoff, which right now you could say that the the SEC is right now going to have two SEC teams in the playoff, Alabama and Georgia. Alabama got to beat Georgia for that to happen. Yeah, that's true. I, for, I forgot about that, honestly. Yeah, um, if Georgia beat Alabama, it's a wrap for Alabama. Yes, and, and if that happens, uh, I, I guess um, Alabama would go to the Sugar Bowl and then – the, the first non-Alabama team in the SEC would, would go to the Citrus Bowl, which A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Kentucky, I, I think are all options uh, for that. Uh, then, then you've got the Outback Bowl, which, again, is I think those four teams that, that, that I mentioned. I, I think Ole Miss, Auburn, A&M, and Kentucky, yes, Kentucky, because they'll finish with nine wins. Uh, not not evaluating them as a team, but more so just referencing the fact that they're probably going to finish with nine wins mm-hmm. and, and get one of the, the better bowls than Tennessee. Uh, that's that's four teams not named Alabama or Georgia that I think will be higher on the pecking order in in the list of bowl selections. And those four teams again: Ole Miss, 
Auburn, A&M, Kentucky. That's my opinion. And that brings the Gator Bowl, Vegas Bowl, Outback Bowl, and Citrus Bowl. I think that likely eliminates all those options for Tennessee, which leaves uh, the Music City Bowl, the Texas Bowl. The Belk Bowl is now called the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, that that's the game played in Charlotte. I like the Belt Bowl. Better. And then the Liberty Bowl. So I, I think Tennessee will end up with one of those four, Music City, Texas, Duke's Mayo, or Liberty. You know what's going to be interesting is you got LSU that's four and five. Can they go get two more wins? You have Florida that's four and five. They'll, they'll get two more wins. You got South Carolina that's five and four. And so Tennessee is going to be – you know, in the mix with those teams, but I'm telling you. Should be ahead of those teams, though. Yeah, but I'm telling you, Tennessee fans will be the reason why we get into Absolutely. a better bowl than, than the other guys. Yep, that's why I said off the top that, hey, I, I don't know really what bowl Tennessee is going to go to, but it's it's going to have its pick of the litter um, or have a large say because bowls are going to want to have this Tennessee team. No doubt. Uh, to answer our question from Will about Dobbs' touchdowns, um, he had 27 in 2016. He had uh, uh, 12 interceptions. So right now, uh, Hendon Hooker's outplayed Josh Dobbs' senior season as far as touchdowns and interceptions. Now, Dobbs did have 2,900 yards, almost 3,000 yards, 2,946. So as far as yardage is concerned, um, Dobbs has about 1,000 yards over him. Actually, more than that. So, um, Hendon, he he can get that in the next three games. I think he can pass Dobbs on the single season touchdown list. Oh, yeah. Hendon's at 21 now. You just mentioned that Dobbs had 27 in 16 to tie Crompton's 27 in 09 and Casey's 27 in 03. Um, what's that? How many – there's four more games? Yeah, four so, more games to count the ball. I mean, even if he throws a minimum of, of two a game, that's eight left. So that I think he can get to 30. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I think he can get to 30, have a big game, two big games against Vandy and, yep. and South Alabama, and then a touchdown or two against Georgia, and then two or three in, in the bowl game. And, and he's up there for either – Passing Ainge for third, who had 31 and 07, or, or right behind Ainge for fourth with, with 29 or, or, or 30. I'm calling my shot today. He will have four against Vanderbilt. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to call my shot for individual game, but I'll call my shot and say that he gets to 30. He's at 21 now. I'll say he gets to 30 at minimum, which would be fourth best single season passing touchdowns-wise in, in the school's history. He passed – Peyton Manning's 1996 season oh. this, this past weekend. So go ahead and prepare yourself for the Peyton Manning Hendon Hooker graphic on CBS this weekend. Ooh. Like uh, Garantano. Like ESPN Peyton. wanted to do with JG and Peyton Ooh. with the completion percentage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So give, give me 21 touchdowns and two interceptions, over 27 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. All, all day. day. Yeah, all day. But. Um, I, th- I think it's funny how Hendon like embraced being called poor man, <laughs> poor man Dobbs on um, Tennessee Prime two weeks ago. Oh yeah, Tennessee Prime today will include Kay Mays and Javante Payton. 
Now, we, we have been 0 for 2 for wide receivers, but the receivers the last two weeks, all three of the seniors or older players, upperclassmen, all three of those guys have had touchdowns in both games, Alabama and Kentucky. So maybe we're, we're able to get a receiver this time. Yes. And we, and we can make sure they follow through. So we'll see. We'll see. But that is who is scheduled for today, Javante and K. Mays. And Javante, I'm telling you, it might be the best prime this year because he is, he is awesome. He is awesome, awesome, awesome to talk to. So don't scare him, Volstorm. Stay home today. Let's get to uh, Rusty before we hit a break. Rusty, good morning. Hey, what up, what up? What up? Hey, can y'all do me a favor and uh, and look it up and tell me who won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in 1993 and finished second in the Heisman Trophy race in 47? Yeah, 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 I got you. So this is what you do. You go to Google.com and you do it your damn self. Man, that was brilliant, man. I love the Steeler on Steeler friendly fire, man. I love it. I spit coffee everywhere. Okay, so um, I think I'm. I think you guys are right about uh, the bowl situation. I, I'm if, if it's seven plus wins, we're going to have the option of either Jacksonville, Orlando, or Tampa. It's, and it's just whether or not we can be convinced as an administration to go to Memphis or, or Charlotte instead. But we'll have our pick. I'm guessing of those of one of those three in Florida. It's really up to us. Yeah, um, we'll have options. What's the, what's the, Right. What's what's a damn shame is it's an odd year because the new thing where we go to Vegas in the even year or the SEC can go to Vegas in the or not can but will go to Vegas in the even years and play it at, at the Raiders Stadium. That would be so great if, if the balls if this was an even year and the balls could choose Vegas to come play a Pac-12 school like I don't know UCLA or SC or Washington well Utah whoever in, in Vegas that would be ultimate but. Hey, Maybe next year we got eight wins and we go to Vegas. So. Man, we I'm don't need, we don't need to be in Vegas, especially you. Oh, oh, all us in Orange and Vegas, man. We it'd be it'd be brilliant, man. It'd be so good. Hey, we can hey we can walk we can walk down the the Las Vegas Strip doing the uh, Remember the Titans uh, stadium entrance, the field entrance. Oh, for sure. For the sure. whole Vault Nation. We can, we can stand on either side of the strip. And one side yell orange, and the other side yell white back and forth for like a half hour. Oh, that'd be hilarious, man. We'll scare all the showgirls away. Nah, you can't scare them. Or maybe bring them in. Anyways, Vegas is a bad idea. Well, somebody in the SEC is going next year, and then in 24 and so on. So, might as well be us. Hey, man. I know I can behave. I was thinking about the way we're playing defense as the team. And the, we're so lethal uh, on offense. It, 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 it's not it's not debatable. We're lethal. And I'm talking about because we gash you so quickly. Um, we have a lack of talent on defense. It's not an insult. We just don't have it. 
they're, we got some good guys. We got, you know, Barron and Young. Those guys are good. We need three or four of each of them um, for depth purpose. I mean, when we were great, we didn't have Leonard Little. We had Leonard Little, Sean Ellis, Jonathan Brown, Will Overstreet. We had guys on top of guys on top of the guys. We have to get back to that. Facts. We just need depth. We need, we need more. Facts. Um, so I'm not, I don't mean it as an insult saying the guys that we're playing aren't good. It's just we don't have enough of those guys. Um, but my thought is the way we played Kentucky for most of the ballgame of the night was we, we played them defensively vanilla and were allowing death by a thousand cuts, which was a large part of the time of possession. And I was just wondering, since we're so lethal and we're going to score almost every time we get the ball, wouldn't we be better off on defense? Just to say, we're going to call zero blitzes, or we're going to we're going to bring six. Some most of some most of the time, sometimes we'll bring seven. And if you gash us or you hit us for a big play, so what? We get the ball back faster, and that just gives us more opportunities to have the ball. And we might turn you over every now and then by being more aggressive and bringing six, bringing seven, doing some exotic stuff on defense. Any thoughts, Russ? I thought I, th- I thought we have been doing that. I think a lot of it. Uh, a lot of our tackles for loss have been because Tim Banks have been has been aggressive. You know, um, you you try to be aggressive in some time. You know, in some cases against Kentucky, but I think we have to kind of give those guys credit for picking up the blitz. I mean, they picked up blitzes, and when you have when you have guys that look like they're open, wide open, and you see holes being you know the size of you know tunnels, that usually means that a team brought pressure and the offense did a good job of picking it up and took advantage of those voids that were created by the defense coming. When you see the ball being thrown in tight windows and there's a bunch of windows, usually that means there's seven or eight guys dropping in coverage. I think Tennessee has been aggressive and I think Tennessee's going to have to be exotic and mix up a lot of things this weekend, you can't do one thing continuous. You have to mix it up. You have to change it up. You have to keep Georgia's offense uh, off guard. They can't know what you're doing because once they know what you're doing, they can adjust. If it's third down and five, third down and six, and they know that 75% of the time you, you're going to bring the blitz from the field, then this week of game prep, that's what they're going to be preparing for. And so they have a hot route built in. And they'll hit you with it. So you got to do some things that they haven't seen on film much of, which is hard to do at this point of the season. Um, but you got to do some different things. You got to mix it up. You got to mix it up. And this is why it's important to have smart football players. Not football players that make you know, 4.0s in the classroom, but smart football players. Football players that have intelligence. Because the smarter they are, the more they can handle. And the more they can handle, the more exotic that you can be defensively. You can adjust. You can you can disguise. The mental capacity can handle a bunch of different things thrown uh, at you, so that way you can throw it at the opponent. So this is a big week of, of practice for our defensive guys from a mental standpoint. Because physically, it's going to be a, a demanding game. One of the most demanding games of the season. But mentally, how much can Tim Banks throw at these guys so that way – we can be exotic. We can confuse a Georgia, the Georgia offense. Our number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. We'll take a 
747 break here on the Swain event. Stay with us. At work, can't call in? Don't feel bad. You can talk to the guys on the text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door. Go Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Hey, it's Men's Health Month, so make sure to get all your levels tested with a comprehensive annual health assessment at Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness. Low T Center now offers monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, self-pay, or is covered by most health insurance, and they ship directly to your home. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com.
It's time for Attaboy here on the Swain event where we highlight positivity. We highlight good stories, good deeds. If you turn on the news and watch the news all day, you would think that everything is bad and everyone is terrible. But I can tell you right now, that is not the case. There are good people out here performing just random acts of kindness. They are um, good stories out here that are highlighting good deeds. And so we like to uh, bring attention to just good work. And today is no different. Ben, you have today's, today's attaboy. I do. I'm giving John Fulkerson an attaboy because John Fulkerson announced yesterday that he is going to donate a dollar of his NIL earnings to the Tennessee Fund. And he is going to donate a dollar for every point that Tennessee scores this season. Tennessee's, Tennessee's win to- uh, point total or his point total? Tennessee's point total is the way that I read it. Yes, so Folky could uh, be donating quite a bit of his NIL earnings, and uh, he he explained why in a video that he posted to Twitter yesterday. Hey, Vol Nation, Folky here. I've asked for this opportunity to share some news I'm really excited about. This year, I've been very blessed to capitalize on some great NIL opportunities. And those opportunities would never have been possible without the amazing support I've received over the last several years from so many people across the athletics department and campus. With our season about to begin, I really felt called to give back. So I've decided to pledge $1 to the Tennessee Fund for every point our team scores this season. We've got a bunch of freshmen on this year's team, and this feels like a great way for me to reinvest in them and their future. I want to do my small part to make sure their time as Tennessee student-athletes is every bit as special as my experience has been. So I hope we can count on you to feed the floor and power us to a ton of points this season. Thank you for all you've done to make my Tennessee experience extraordinary. Now let's make this season special. Ooh, ooh. John Fulkerson being John Fulkerson. So if – which – I anticipate us to score more points than last year, but last year Tennessee uh, scored a total of 1,941 points. So 1,941 points is what Tennessee scored last year. 71.9 points per game. So this team should be better than 18 and, and 9. Should be better than that. So let's get this thing up to... $2,500. Let's get a $2,500 donation from Folky to the Tennessee Fund. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is great stuff right there, man. And that's what Tennessee is all about. That's what Tennessee is all about, man. You have a young man that grew up wanting to play Tennessee basketball, got a chance to do it, and this is his sixth season. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Love me from John Folkerson. Folky's going to be giving the side eye to Justin Powell and Santiago when they're Burying threes against Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl. No, just, hey, keep shooting. Run up the score. Run up the score, Rick Barnes. Do it for the Tennessee Fund. Tony Vitello's going to be there saying, run it up. Run it up. Josh Heupel, run it up. Speed it up. Run it up. Speed it up. Ain't that what, ain't, ain't that what your boy J, J. Cole say? No. but What, what, he, what does he say? Run it up. What's the, what's the name of that song? 
I don't know which song you're referencing. I think, I think it's. I have to look it up during the break. I know uh, the the great philosopher Gunna has a song. Speed it up. Speed it up. That's all he says for two and a half minutes. Well, that's what we need. We need speed it up. We need Tennessee be hitting that hundred. I know. I know Tremel. I know Tremel knows about that. Speed it up. <laughs> Don't you, Tremel? <laughs> Let's get to the phones. I'm like, y'all crazy. I'm thinking myself, man, they crazy, man. You, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Tremel? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. No. J. Cole, the truth, J. Cole the truth, man. J. Cole is counted up. The song ATM. Yes. Counted up. Counted up. That's the name. That's, a, that's the name of the song. But counted up is what he says uh, in, in that song. Or you can go by that one song where, he, you know, at the end, at the end of that one song where he say, this could be my new ad lib. Where he started changing his voice and stuff. You know what I'm talking about, Ben? Yes. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember the phone name of the phone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, man, how y'all doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm well. How are you? Tennessee basketball starts tonight. I'm great. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's excited, man. Like, all these wins, like, that's crazy when uh, you got that stat about it was just wiping Kentucky and everything. You know what I'm saying, and just how Tennessee is just winning at everything right now. It's just, it's just fun just hearing all this goodness up on the hill, man, and us talking about what bowl game we can uh, basically pick. And I, yeah, I'm with y'all, man. Like I think we'll, I think we'll leapfrog Florida and Kentucky if, uh, if there's a chance for those bowls. Um, I mean, because they pick the teams, right? They, I mean, the bowl selection picks the teams, right? Yeah, so, and then I mean, the school. Like I know, it's, I know it's numbers to it, like you know, four, four, uh, first, second, and third, and stuff like that. But when it get down to like third and four, I think the bowls have that opportunity to be like, yeah, son, uh, I'm on this team over here. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the school has the opportunity to pick too. So it's a conversation right. between the SEC, the bowl, and the school. Right. So yeah. Um, another thing, man. Uh, this is a new experience for. Tennessee. I mean, like I've always said, I wanted this. Like, I think when we was when we was looking for a coach and uh, Drinkwitch was. Remember when they was talking about Drinkwitch, and I was like, <clears throat> I was like, man, I would like that at Tennessee. Just that you know that high pace because we've never had it here. You know what I'm saying? So we've got that here now, and it's a new experience. Like the defense part of it. Like, we. I'm now. I mean, it's just it's just an opinionated thought. Like, wouldn't this be attractive to some defensive players as well? Like, I mean, being like, okay, yeah, we on the field a long time, but I'm going to be able to showcase my skills. I mean, I don't know. I like to look at things glass half full sometimes, but I I can see that helping. You know, I can see that helping a lot in recruiting. I mean, be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't I think, know. Yeah, yeah, Tremaine, I think, I think defensively Tennessee should be able to go out there and get players. And thanks for the phone call because, number one, you're going to be coached by Rodney Garner if you're up front. Um, you're going to be coached by Brian John-Marie, who is one of the best linebacker coaches. Um, and then you're going to be coached by Willie Martinez. So uh, that right there should be – And Tim Banks is all yeah. all over the entire defense. Yeah, and, and, uh, Mike, and Mike Eckler is good uh, as well. So that, that alone, the SEC experience, being coached by those guys should attract – players to play on defense and then um you're gonna have more opportunities like you're gonna have more plays you know that may be bad as far as win loss um recipe but you're gonna have opportunities to make plays and if your offense gets up like think about how fun it was when you got up against um south carolina 
in Missouri for our pass rushers. It's pin your ears back. Now, I had talked to a defense coordinator candidate before Tim Banks was hired. And he was like, I want that. I, I, some people don't want, want that job. Some people you know, fear away from that. Some people shy away from that. But you know, I like that because we get to play aggressive. Our offense is playing aggressive. We get to play aggressive. We get to pin our ears back when we're up. So, yeah, I mean. The one thing I really think Tennessee is going to be able to sell defensively when it comes to the transfer portal, playing time. That too. Playing time <laughs> is going to be the most attractive thing for tra- for transfers on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. That's right. That's on why. top of the coaching and the culture and playing in the SEC. That's why, Ben, I'm looking at folks who hit the transfer portal like, why? Besides, I mean, I understand Harrison Bailey, but, like, anybody else, why? Like, all right, you you didn't have the year you want to have. All right, go make the adjustments and get better, and you could be in there next year. Hour two, coming up.